What's up, everybody? This is Yankees Death Star, and we're here to talk about, you guessed it, the Yankees. Uh, they don't have a game today, so we're going to be talking about the team in general, where we're at. Um, Brian Cashman had a press conference sort of thing today. We'll talk about that a little bit. But um, the thing is, this Death Star is not fully operational right now. We talked about being a fully operational Death Star at the beginning of the season. So far, we have been shown that we are not fully operational yet. Um, we're basically the Death Star at the beginning of Star Wars. It's like only half of it and the rest is just like uh, under construction. That's where we're at right now. So the goal is to finish construction on the Death Star and hopefully be able to crush the Rebellion with a World Series victory. At the very least, we need to destroy the planet Alderaan. Uh, I'm saying Alderaan is the ALCS. So that's my goal. One of those two. If we make it to the World Series, I'll, I will be disappointed if we lose, but it will be a positive and uh, we'll move towards next year. So that's the goal. I'm with Dave. Dave, what's up? Not too much, man. How is Oklahoma doing right now? Oklahoma is good. The weather is basically perfect. It's right at like 69 degrees with a little breeze. Very nice. Sun's going down. Nice. It's beautiful. That is awesome, man. I, I miss Oklahoma spring days. To me, those are some uh, uh, great times for sure. Let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to discuss today in this podcast. Uh, it's something that Matt and I have been really working on because ultimately what it comes down to is making sure that we recognize that this is not a moment for us to panic. This is a non-panic zone. Uh, we are excited about this Yankees team. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect right off the bat. Uh, we're going to take a deep breath, take a deep dive in some of these stats that we have pulled up. And we're just going to remind you guys, being Yankees fans means that you do not get the pleasure to panic every single time that something goes wrong. We didn't get to, what, 26 championships by panicking every single time there's a losing streak. So 27. the reality is 27. 27 championships like that's the thing we are a world-class organization if not the best uh organization in all of sports around the world so we have to recognize that cashman has this under control and he's going to do what's right just give him time to make this a fully functionally operational death star yes. so today we are going to talk about our batters who's doing well who is struggling and who is going to get better in the um, games to come we're going to make sure we bring up what happened at the press conference today with Brian Cashman because that shit, that shit was wild. Uh, I loved how he came in. Matt and I were just talking about this before we got on. Uh, he didn't like I, I, I call it a press conference, and Matt and I were discussing about this beforehand. But he came in and did something that a GM, in my opinion, hasn't done in years, and it really surprised me. So we're going to get to that and exactly what happened. We're going to break down our best positional players this year as a whole and that is our bullpen they are playing unbelievable right now as a team uh they're just getting it done all over the field uh strikeouts uh ground outs flyouts it doesn't matter these guys are just straight up balling right now and we need to make sure that we give them a huge shout out also we're going to be adding a brand new player we're going to talk about who that player is we saw him in 2020 for a short amount of time but this guy is exciting he's got some uh wicked stuff and we're going to break down who that person is and then last but not least, we're going to break down the game that is tomorrow 
uh, who's pitching, who's been playing. Uh, there is no longer a Jay Bruce on the or the Oklahoma, the uh, New York Yankees. Uh, Jay Bruce is um, officially retired, and I loved what he said in his closing press conference. I hope I left the game better off when I started. And that's what all great players want, is they want to leave this game in a better place than it was when they started playing baseball. So to you, DJ Bruce, we give a hand. We wish we could be there in person to thank you for everything you have done for this Yankees team and all over baseball. I'm glad he got that one home run in uh, in pinstripes, man. That was cool. Not literally in pinstripes, I don't think, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that he. I'm glad that he came and had a cup of coffee with us. Um, we have the memories. We'll always have them. Uh, and now we have to decide what to do about first base. So, but before that, we'll talk a little bit about the press conference, which was I didn't see it live. Um, I had to. I had to look up what happened later. But it was him with a weird background on a video chat. Um, answering questions basically he didn't have much of uh, like a state of the Yankees speech it was more of a QA. and a um, and basically there was a lot of Yankee fans hoping that there was going to be some announcement about big changes because they're freaking out about the 5 and 10 record and they want some big changes they want th to shake things up and Cashman was there to basically say um just relax because we rely on our analytics and our analysis of our own players and we believe that they're going to end up delivering what they were expected to do even though they're not right now. Um, I'll read a couple of quotes from him. Um, he said, <clears throat> our message to our fans is we are going to fight our way out of a out of our start and hopefully by the end of the month you'll see a more reflective record that gets us back online and gets people's confidence back to where it should be so that's that's not that's saying a lot to not really say a lot except for he's trying to get the fans to calm down um, I guess he doesn't like the animosity and there's been a lot of animosity towards Boone uh, Brian Cashman commented on that. He believes that Boone is doing everything he needs to do um, and most importantly that he is supporting the guys. What, what do you think about that perspective, Dave? And what do you think about Aaron Boone right now? Man, I love it whenever we have a GM or a coach that comes out and verbally um, expresses how he stands up for this team. Um, I love this because Everybody in that locker room, knowing the pressure that is in New York, they all feel it. They all sense it. They all know that something's going to happen unless they all start playing well. So the fact is that Cashman stepped up there and was a calming presence. Man, I love that shit. Every single time that we have a GM um, in any sport that's willing to stand up there and take questions and knows that these questions are going to be um, belittling him, that are going to make him feel you know horrible for what he is doing, like he stood up there and took it all. He did. He had a press conference and answered questions the entire time from the fans and from the media. Man, this is exactly what we need from Cashman. We need somebody to stand up there and have a calming presence because after this interview and, and reading it through right now and everything that was said, man, I tell you, there is no way if you're a Yankee fan that you're not excited about this team after that. This got you pumped up because the reality is, is that New York uh, right now, we are our worst start in 24 years. I mean, think about that. I was I was a teenager the last time. Matt, you weren't even a teenager, man. You weren't even double digits the last time this team. I was. Uh, I think I was. I think I was just 10. 
Oh man! All right. So, <laughs> the, think about that though. Like you were just no, no, 10 no, because it wasn't until July. I was yeah, nine and, still. Yeah, yeah, and this is and this is insane to me. Looking at this, we're starting 24 years again. This is not something to be panicking about. Um, and also, the other thing I want to point out too is that New York, we're the second to last in batting average right now in the American League. Uh, we're only batting batting uh, 210 right now. Uh, that is not a good stat. But look at who we have. Look at who um, is, is swinging the bats for us. You know that is not going to stay at 210. That number is going to go way up. And we got to continue doing what we're doing. Uh, we can point the fingers at individual players that aren't batting well. And, and we probably will talk about those as the, um, the podcast goes on. But, man, I really want to focus on a couple of the good guys that are doing really well. Uh, we were a little hard on DJ LeMayhew earlier this season for not um, hitting the ball with runners in scoring positions. It didn't mean that he wasn't averaging 300 at the plate, but what it did mean was he was having trouble following through when it came to um, having runners in scoring positions. Both Matt and I had mentioned that we felt like his timing was off. When he was swinging the bat, he was swinging it too soon or too late. Um, He has fixed, I feel like, has started to fix those issues, and we have been able to see it in the last three games. He's, He's gotten an RBI, I believe, in all three games. Um, with runners in scoring positions, he batted them in. This is exactly what we need from DJ. He is the um, the leader on every single level for this team. I mean, whether it's a um, batting leader, whether it's a fielding leader, uh, everything that goes does well, I feel like starts with DJ. Um, so getting him off to these starts is incredibly important for us uh, because when DJ starts going, Judge starts going, Urshela starts batting right, like everything comes into sync. So now that DJ is going, we're going to watch everything else just get together and start going. And like Cashman said, do not panic. Relax. Let this team do what they're going to do. The things will work itself out. And 5 and 10, pfft, that's nothing. I mean, how many times have we seen in a 15-game uh, um, span this Yankees team only win five of 10 games? It's happened so many times, or five right. of 15 games. It's happened so many times that I, I don't even know how many times. It's just unfortunate that this is the way this, um, the year is starting. So relax. That's happening. Matt, who did you? Who have you noticed that has been swinging the bat really well recently? Swinging the bat really well. Um... Honestly, not a lot of people. Uh, We've seen some good things, like you said, about DJ. He seems to be pulling it together, returning to who DJ is and always has been. Um, We've seen some good stuff from Judge and also some struggles. Um, And we've seen some good stuff from Stanton. Uh, His average isn't great. All of his numbers, uh, a lot of his numbers aren't great, but he, I believe he's still leading the team and RBIs, uh, that Grand Slam helped him a couple weeks ago for sure. But another good thing about his at-bats is he is he is swinging. He's being aggressive on strikes. So um, the league average uh, for the percentage of times uh, that a batter swings at a pitch that is within the strike zone the league average is 66. So two-thirds of the time, the batter recognizes that the pitch is going to be in the zone and swings at it. Stanton is doing is swinging at, at strikes at a 75% clip. So he's, he's reading those strikes, and he's swinging at them. And he's gotten a couple of them to work the way he wants. Um, and if he keeps swinging, and if he can keep reading what's a strike and what's a ball and just swing at the strikes, man... He, I mean, he's Stanton. He's hit 59 home runs in a season before. It's crazy. Yeah, 
You're absolutely right with Stanton. He just needs more repetitions out there. We saw this a couple times with him um, as a Yankee. He goes in these droughts where he's not hitting the ball very well, uh, but he always comes back strong. And that, you know, is a direct correlation with him being such a great vet, um, veteran. But with that being said, let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, the guys that are really struggling swinging the bat. Because I really want to bring this up. Be- I just want to bring this up before, <laughs> before we... Uh, we talk about uh, who's doing really well right now. Let's just talk about the guys that are batting under 200 right now. Jay Bruce is no longer with the team. He is batting 118. Uh, Odor is batting 125. He hit a home run the other day. That was really great to see. I hope he can start uh, getting up to the 240s, 250s. I know he can do it. Uh, that is where his um, career average is, right around that thing. So we need to keep that in mind right there for Odor. Mike Tokmik hasn't really got a lot of at-bats, only seven. Uh, but he's only batting 143. Hicks has gotten 50 at bats, uh, 160 for Hicks. That is horrible. That even for a Hicks standard, that's not even a standard. That is something that I, I would I would not hang my head on. Then we got uh, you know this is interesting for me because if you look at our our, our center fielders and left fielders, um, this is where it kind of gets sketchy for me because you have Aaron Hicks center fielder, Mike Talkman center fielder, and Frazier um, left fielder, and Frazier it bats. Uh, Right now, he's at bats 36, and he's batting 167. So our outfield production is not doing very well. Stanton is at 176, and Torres is at 196. Uh, Those are the guys under uh, 200. Uh, I do believe that Stanton, Torres, Frazier, Hicks are all going to end up the season above uh, 250. But... Uh, the questions are going to come in to uh, Odor and Talkman um, as far as these guys on the bench. Uh, Talkman, uh, Matt and I are very high on. Uh, we love Talkman. We feel like he should be getting more time at center for, um, position. And the fact is, is that uh, Hicks um, has been at the plate 43 more times than Talkman, and he's only batting, um, you know, what? Uh, 27 percent or 27 uh, points higher right now which is like one hit for Talkman Um, so that's something that I have to you know kind of look at to see what's going to happen there so um, as these guys get better I do expect Talkman, Hicks, Frazier, Stanton and Torres to increase their batting average significantly in the next 15 games. I do too and uh, it seemed like Cashman was still fully behind Hicks as the starter. Um, I talked about this yesterday and most of the numbers are bad but one thing that's good is he's still not striking out. He's, a, he's really good at not striking out. He is for the last few years has been one of the league leaders in being able to draw walks. Um, and he's not doing that. Instead of drawing walks, he's getting more outs. But the low strikeout count means to me that he hasn't like lost it completely at the plate, which makes me think that he can turn it around. Um, and he's a great center fielder. He has made a couple mistakes, which is very unusual for him. But the Yankees also owe him $10 million a year for the next five years, and they don't want to just toss him aside. That's $50 million. So they're going to give him every opportunity to return to form. Um, I hope that we can mix uh, mix talks mix Talkman in there in the mix. Uh, have both of them play center a little bit. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But um, he Hicks is uh, batting a lot better. He's valuable because he's a switch hitter, and when we have faced left-handed pitchers and he bats left-handed to combat that he's five of 18 
which is not bad. Um, he's 3-34 and 34 against right-handers. So maybe it's something that, having to do with that, but you're going to face a lot more right-handers than left-handers. So if you can't hit right-handers, you're not very useful as a starter. Um, but in his career, he's been a lot better against righties than lefties. So that makes you think that that's going to turn around and his average against righties should go up. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping for that from him. He had Tommy John surgery a year and a half ago. I think this is all part of his comeback. Um, it affects everything that you do in your training when you have to recover from something like that. Um, it's been a year and a half, so a lot of people are back to 100%, but maybe it's taking a little bit longer than him uh, to get his rhythm back. Um, another guy that doesn't have rhythm is Clint Frazier. I mentioned that uh, Stanton was swinging at around 75% of all strikes. Clint isn't even swinging at half of them. He's below 50%. The league average is 66%, which is actually Clint's career average. So if he can just return to average for himself, he'll at least be average as far as actually swinging at strikes because he's just been standing there and watching pitches go by um, and getting a lot of outs from that. Um, he's, he mentioned that he was basically focusing on off-speed pitches. So if he thinks it's a fastball, he's not even swinging even if it's right down the middle because he's just waiting for an off-speed pitch because apparently he can only focus on one at a time. Um, so I guess he's planning on fixing being able to hit off-speed and then move to the fastball. Um, but he, they're not going to give him a ton of at-bats if he doesn't start showing some promise at least. He's played in 11 games. He's played a lot less than... Um, than Aaron Hicks. Um, he's not the everyday starter like Boone said he was before the season started. Um, he's taken uh, he's taken more fastballs down the middle than anybody else on the team. And he's played much less than a lot of guys on the team. There are seven guys ahead of him who have all faced more strikes down the middle. And they have, even though they face so many more, they've let less go by than Frazier has in the seventh spot. So that's really not good. I want to see him swing the bat. I know he can swing it. Um, I think he can turn it around. I don't know if it's the inconsistency in the number of starts he's getting that's frustrating him or what. I would like to see him get, you know, a couple weeks where he really was the starting left fielder and uh, getting multiple, like, four or five at-bats every game um, to see if he can iron out what he's uh what he's got wrinkled yeah man and you know like we've mentioned there's a lot of stuff going on with um um one of our old guys and that's brett gardner uh there's a lot of news that if you don't know the news what's happening with brett gardner i highly recommend we won't talk about it on this podcast but i highly recommend that you guys go search brett gardner and figure out what's going on with him uh there's a lot of good information out there so definitely expect clint frazier to go ahead and end up um, having an opportunity to start a lot this year um it's just it's just interesting to see what's going to go down like that with that I want to bring this up with Glaber Torres because he's somebody that I feel like is getting a bad rep because he is batting under 200 right now. Um, his on-base um, um, percentage, um, which um, adds in hits and walks together, um, it is at 317. Um, that is over 120 points better uh, than where he is at um, 
um, batting average total. He has had nine walks. They've walked him nine times. That leads the entire team. Um, he has um, had 10 hits, uh, but he has only had one RBI all season. Uh, that's something that's concerning uh, for both Matt and I. Um, it's not something that we, we like to see, and it's, it's kind of frustrating. Our person that leads the entire team with uh, RBIs is Stanton. He has 12 and he's only batting 176. This is yeah. we're getting we're getting so much production. Aaron Hicks has 5 RBIs batting 160. Um you have Odor has 3 RBIs 125. And then you come up here to Torres 1 RBI. You have Brett Gardner 1 RBI. You have Sanchez 4 RBIs and everybody else. I mean they're at between 4 and 8. And that's what's so frustrating yeah. is we're not getting consistent production from our five to our nine hitting spot. Um, and it's starting to get a little um, anxious watching it. But I do expect Torres to bounce back. The fact is, is when you get nine walks and 10 hits, that means you're seeing the ball very well. He is uh, he is being a beast in the box. He is sitting back and just letting them make the pitches. And when they given them an opportunity to hit it, I mean, he's hitting it one out of every five times. But that is okay. That is going to go up. And that's what I continuously watch with him. Uh, he, he has been struggling uh, with errors. And that's one thing that I feel like does impact your batting. Because in your back of your mind, you're sitting there thinking about the error you made. I just want to make up for it. I want to do something better. And that will jack with you, especially being a young player. So look at Torres to bounce that around. One guy I love to talk about is Gary Sanchez. He has had 38 at-bats. He is uh, one of those guys, four RBIs, and he continues to show why he is so good behind the plate um, and batting. He has had six walks, uh, nine strikeouts. Not That's not horrible. I mean, like, I, I look at everybody else. There's so many other guys on our team that are double-digit strikeouts right now. Uh, but Gary Sanchez, he's sitting at nine, and he's had as many at-bats as everybody else. Um, and he's batting 237. This is big. And the reason that this is big is because... Higgy has been, um, Kyle Higayashi has been playing out of his mind. He has earned a starting position, but Sanchez will not give it up. And that's what's so exciting to see is Sanchez is, is being a fucking beast in the box and he's being smart. He is not rushing himself. And that's what I love to see about the way he's doing. He is getting on base at thir um, 357. I mean, that's that those points right there are off the chains. That's what we got to see continue. If we can get all of our guys to be on base, um, you know, around 350 to 400, uh, that's where we need to be. Uh, that, that would mean that we're being incredibly effective. But obviously, looking at everything else like right now is the majority of our guys are under 300 on base percentage, which is not good. Yeah, we're, as a team, we are under 300. Uh, we're at 296. And we also have the worst OPS in the league. Um, our OPS is 0.642, and Boston is at number one with a 0.818. So there's a big gap. Um, 642 is not a good OPS at all. That means our batting average and our on-base percentage are low. Um, we're tied for the second most times we've grounded into a double play. We've done that 16 times already, more than once per game this year, and that leads all of the major league um our on, on base percentage is the 24th best so we're uh the sixth worst with uh on base percentage of 296 like i said and then 
our Babbitt batting average of balls in play, we are 27th with a 259 average. Boston is almost a whole point ahead of us with a 344. That one, again, as I said before, is used to predict uh, a possible um, resurgence. If you have a low BABIP, then that, uh, there's often opportunity to, to grow there if you get um, if things break your way. So that's not a, as bad of a thing, but uh, the OPS and the rest of the numbers uh, just illustrate how much our, our offense has struggled. We don't have Jay Bruce to talk about anymore. Um, they're going to have to call someone up. They'll, they probably won't. They might announce it tonight, probably tomorrow. Um, but they're going to bring somebody up. And I feel like it's, it should be Mike Ford. There's a chance that it could be Tyler Wade if they want to leave DJ at first. But if they bring Mike Ford up, then he can move to first. DJ can go to second, and he's great at second. Labor, they're not going to move from shortstop, and Odor will be a backup, backup, but for either of those positions. Um, and Mike Ford, I really hope they bring him up. I've been wanting that. Um, Dave mentioned that he wasn't in shape, so if that's the case, that's a decent reason to not bring him up yet. Um, twenty twenty no, doesn't really I, count. I want to, I want to say that with a grain of salt because for what's okay. uh, not in shape for me, isn't necessarily what's not in shape to you. So um, when I when I say somebody's a little bit out of shape, we're talking, you know, uh, they've got a little love handles that they're not used to. Um, and in this um, aspect, I believe it was spring training that I saw him and he was making that shirt look tight. Again, this is a, a mistake that the Yankees have made before is they have rushed players back saying, oh, they'll get in shape quickly. Uh, they get injuries mm -hmm. that way. So if, if this is a true, uh, let's get him in shape, let's spend the first three weeks of uh, four weeks of the season getting him back into shape, that's perfect. But that that is unconfirmed because I'm pretty sure the Yankees are not going to come yeah. out and say, you know, Mike Ford's fat, that's why he's not playing. No, and it could also be, I'm not going to speculate because I haven't looked at the details. It seems like it could be a service time thing because the every player has a certain amount of time um, where if they're called up, it, you know, it, it's like a timer that starts ticking. And if you get to a certain number of games or days on the major league roster, then things change as far as what your contract can be and what you're qualified as, as a player. So I don't know if that's the case. It could be either way with Jay retiring. I'm hoping that they bring Ford up in 2019. He didn't have enough at bats to qualify for the stat leaders, but he did have 163 plate appearances and uh, I can't remember I think he I can't remember how many home runs he hit but um, he hit a home run for every 13.6 at bats um, so that's like 13 home runs uh, 12 home runs in 163 uh, plate appearances and to put that into perspective Mike Trout led all of the majors with one home run every 10 almost 10 and a half at bats so that's only a few bats at more per home run as Mike Trout. A small sample size, but the point is Mike Ford is capable of hitting, and he's also capable of playing good, uh, a good, good defensive first base. So we'll see, but I'm hoping it's Ford. Yeah, man, I really do too. Like you said, he's a special player. Um, and as you're talking, I was going through to see if there is any um, um, idea of what's going on right here. And pretty much all I can read was the last uh, thing that was put out there was April 19th, um, uh, which is today. 
um, talking about uh, why uh, he has not played. And a lot of it was saying that basically they were giving Jay Bruce an opportunity to see if he could do what he needed to do. Uh, found out that he couldn't, so they got uh, Odor uh, to see if he could do what um, they needed to do. Uh, he's not doing it either right now. Doesn't mean he won't do it, but right now he's just having a, a piss-poor swing um, if you take in all the games that he's played for the Yankees. Um, that's not including this home run they hit the last game. Um, but the reality is is that with Bruce out of the picture, we don't have a real clear first baseman right now. Um, yes, DJ is doing a very phenomenal job there, uh, but again... I would love to see DJ back at second because when he's back at second, we're not making silly, stupid errors that cost us runs in the game. Um, and that's what is, is frustrating watching right now. And I'm not saying Odor is, is um, making stupid plays. It's just um, his timing is off on his throws, like throwing on the back of a player uh, and a chance to get a, a, you know, a double play to end the inning. Like those are the things that hurt your, 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 your season if you can't figure those things out. And I just think that he needs more time at the alternate site to try to figure out if he can be an impact player for us in the future. And the thing you have to realize with him is the Texas Rangers are paying his entire salary um, for us. So he's a free player for us, a minus like $275,000 that we have to pay um, every Mm -hmm. year. So there's no reason for us to throw and kick him out of the uh, everything right now. I think he just needs time to figure out if the coaching staffs can can help him be more successful because it would be huge to have Odor um, backing up in uh, um, the second base. That's just huge. It allows DJ to move to shortstop if he needs to or first base or third base. I mean, we could move DJ anywhere we need to. But it is nice to be able to see the type of flexibility we have with this team. One player I want to throw out there, um, and then we, we can move on from this, is Gio Urshela. Uh, he is uh, right now uh, one of those guys that, uh, again, he's just is proving that having a 250 to 300 um, uh, point bat, I mean, that's what we need. You know, like think about this. His average right now is 250. Uh, and this is not a good batting for Urshela in any stretch of the imagination. Um, Matt and I have said before, we believe that Urshela is a top defender in the league at third base, and we believe that he is also a 300-plus hitter. Um, That is a rare stat for a third baseman, but I do believe that um, Gio is going to snap out of there. And and this is what's crazy, is if Gio was batting right next to 300 right now, he would be leading the team. And it's it's insane, is the last time that this was like this for him, which was in 2019, uh, he was like fifth on the team at 298 uh, batting. So you know what? Like, give this guy a break. He's got a lot of um, slack to go. And man, when he's at third base, like the whole stadium just holds their breath when a ball is hit the third base. They know something special is going to happen. He very rarely lets a ball pass him, and that's just something that's exciting to see. Is that third baseman be shored up? Um, by a player that Cashman saw was valuable on a team that wasn't giving him any time. That is what's so great about Cashman, and expect him to do the same thing right now, is go find those diamonds in the roughs um, that nobody else really wants right now or hasn't had a chance to break through, and he's going to go pick them up, and he's going to put them on this team, and they're going to do great things. Absolutely, man. Uh, Urshela almost won a batting title uh, a couple years ago if he had qualified uh, maybe it was even last year, if he had qualified for the number of at-bats. He was really close. He missed it by a couple of games. But uh, he bat like 339. And, uh, yeah, Urshela and Voigt, I, I can't get over those trades. Those were those were great calls by Cashman. 
we didn't have to give up very much at all. Uh, they weren't being used. They weren't going to be used in their respective teams. And then we have a, a first and third. We got defensive guys on the corners that are good enough, both in, on defense and the lineup, to be a starting first and third baseman on a World Series championship team. And we didn't hardly give anything for them. So that was awesome. Cashman is not perfect, obviously, but he makes some incredible trades, and our analytics department makes some good predictions. Absolutely, man. Think about this. Voight and Urshela are future all-star players. They will make the all-stars multiple times over the next 10 years of their careers, 15 years of their careers, forever as long as they play. These guys are special, and he got them for a sound. I mean, we're talking literally for almost nothing. Yes, we gave up more for Voight uh, than we did Urshela. I believe we gave Toronto, what, like $275,000 for Urshela? Uh -huh. Like, we, we, we literally paid them. The way I look at it is they paid us like $5 million to get rid of him um, by the time that he came over and just immediately started helping us out. And then uh, he goes out and gets Voight, which he paid a, a good reliever for, for Voight, and he got uh, he sent them over to um, um, St. Louis, right? And mm -hmm. St. Louis is so deep in first baseman, of course they didn't mind. Voight wasn't getting playing time. And then Voight comes over and immediately – uh, beats out Bird, which Bird isn't in the Yankees anymore, and he immediately uh, beats out Mike Ford, who was getting some playing time at that moment, and it was quite obvious what was happening. It was Voight was a special player. Uh, again, yeah. he's a future all-star of this team, and it, when you're playing in New York and you're winning, you're going to have at least, at least six guys make the all-star game, so this is really exciting to see how this team is really, really pulling through right now. Yeah, man. Um... I'm optimistic. It's only 15 games in. Uh, I like the career numbers. I don't think that all of our players are all of a sudden just going to have the worst years of their career. That's not statistically likely at all. So I'm optimistic about where we're going. So yeah, um, that was a little little dive into some of our, our batters and uh, our team batting overall. Um, well, I'm thinking we, we can go into individual pitchers a lot in another episode but we're going to talk about pitching also here um and the the main thing that just stands out clearly is that our starting staff is struggling and our relievers are doing very very good um our starters era um are ranked 21st so we're in the bottom third uh, we have a 4.74 collective ERA, and that's with Cole having a sub-2 ERA in, in three starts uh, and pulling that ERA down. And in contrast, our bullpen is in the top 10. We're number, we're eighth. We have the eighth best ERA um, at, at 360. Yes, excuse me. That is our entire pitching staff is at 360. The starters are at 474. And the relievers are uh, have a, a 2.43. All our relievers combined have a 2.43 ERA, which is the third lowest in the league. And even better than that, um, when we're in close situations at the end of games, which if I read it right, it means that it's the seventh inning or later and your team is down by three or less or you're up by one or less or you're tied. And we have the third lowest ERA in that situations. 
in those situations we're only giving up an ERA of 1.53 which is really good that which illustrates what the problem that we've been having is that our 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 lineup is not putting runs on the board to support this pitching staff even with the struggles that some of our starters have had um, we're not giving them the support that they need the relievers and closers are still coming in and doing their job at a at a great pace um, but we're typically down by the time they get into the game because our our lineup isn't doing anything and the stats indicate that our lineup is going to improve a lot um, and I also believe that our uh, our starting pitching staff can improve a lot that was another thing that Cashman was uh, talked about it kind of echoed some of the things we've said before about um, particularly Kluber and Tyon it seemed like kind of a choice uh, to get those two as opposed to re-signing Tanaka and I love Tanaka. I do wish he was still on the team. He's one of my favorite Yankees of all time. Uh, I wish him the best in Japan um, to finish out his career. He's still got a lot of life left. Um, but the, we made that choice to let him leave and not re-sign him. And we got two guys that have a ton of potential. One that's very proven um, that's coming off of injury in Kluber. And then Tyon, who has proved himself but in a much shorter period of time. And Cashman addressed that, and he said that they expected that from the beginning. They expected uh, those guys who haven't had a lot of time uh, pitching since recovering from injury, he expected them to ha have some ups and downs in the beginning. And he also expects them to pull it together. I mean, uh, health is always a factor, but if they can stay healthy, um, I, I have every reason to believe that they will show uh, what they have and they'll improve a lot after a few starts. I said, uh, I told Dave I would give him five starts. Uh, that's, I feel like that's a little bit generous, but I'm going to, I'm going to give him five starts to, to uh, start pitching like quality starting pitchers in a championship caliber staff. I just want to bring up some of my favorite uh, um, batters or pitchers right now from the bullpen. Uh, They're just doing some great things. Uh, let's talk about uh, Lucas Lugit. Uh, he has probably been our most consistent guy coming um, out from um, from the bullpen. Uh, he has had 12 Ks and seen 43 batters, only allowed 13 hits uh, and zero walks. He's given up three home runs, but if you look at who's given home runs up, that's not saying that much. Uh, he's got to continue to be our long inning guy. Uh, I'm really excited about Lugit as he continues to figure stuff out um, as he goes there. Chad Green has played in uh, seven games. Uh, he has seen, I let me think here, Chad Green, 29 batters, 30 batters, something like that. Uh, he has pitched um, in 9.2 innings, uh, and he has retired seven uh, via K and only given up uh, three hits, one of which was a home run, and it cost us a lot. That was unfortunate to see. But Chad Green is pitching really well. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to get a shit ton of innings, but he's just going to go out there and do some great things. Um, you know, Michael King, we've seen him twice. Um, and both times, I believe he got just uh, six innings. Um, well, he's pitched a total of nine innings. He didn't get as many innings this last time out. Uh, but he's seen 30 batters, struck out seven of them, walked four, and only given up three hits, uh, zero runs. So that's really a great job by uh, Michael King as he continues to work it out. I think he's a special type of player, um, and he's definitely going to be a starter pitcher before the year's over if he continues doing what he is doing. 
Um, I, I want to throw this out here. This is one of Matt's favorite guys. Uh, let's just bring up two of Matt's favorite guys. First of all, is let's bring up uh, Luis Sessa. Um, he has seen 27 batters. Uh, he has uh, only allowed four hits uh, and walked five guys, but has seven, oh, 12 strikeouts. That is awesome. He's got to continue doing that. And Luizica, who is, again, one of Matt's favorite pitchers, uh, he has played in six games. Uh, he continues to show how good of a pitcher he is. Uh, he's pitched in 10 innings this year, which is great for him, only allowing seven hits uh, during those 10 innings, um, one of which was a home run and 11 strikeouts. So Lozania, the Lozania and Sessa are just doing some great things right now. And one guy I want to bring up that got a lot, a lot of craft the other day, um, but has been playing unbelievable is Nick Nelson. Um, I can't even believe this stat right here. He's faced 22 at bat, um, at, um, batters, struck 10 of them out. That is insane. That is, that is insane. Uh, he has only pitched in five innings, um, but the reality is, is he has some filthy, filthy stuff. Uh, and this is the crazy thing is, is that he's only pitched in one more inning than Chapman, but Chapman only has one more strikeout than him. So that's just insane. I think that this is going to be insane to watch these two guys play. Is Nick Nelson good enough to be an eventual closer on this team or at least a setup guy uh, for Chapman later uh, next year or even the year after? I don't know. I think he's good enough. His stuff is filthy. I get really excited about Nick Nelson. I do too, man. I feel bad about him uh, the other day when they, they stuck him in as the opener. Um, it just seemed like he wasn't comfortable opening. I suppose it was worth a shot. I think that they maybe didn't want to have to put him in the game with when we were down already or up by just a run. And uh, I think they were trying to save him some pressure. And they were also trying to cut some innings off of uh, King's outing. And they decided to cut it off the beginning instead of cutting it off at the end. I'm not really sure why they only gave King three innings. Um, I thought they were trying to work him up because he's starter. Um, he, he, and I, he pitched a lot of he pitched a lot of pitches well, in the three innings. You're right. You're right. Uh, when he pitched six innings a week or two ago, he was much more efficient. So he didn't allow any runs in those three innings, but he, you're right. He did struggle a little bit and had to throw a lot of pitches. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on who to put in when, but uh, I like Nelson's potential for sure as a closer or a setup guy, and I like uh, King's potential as a starter. I'm really excited to see a lot of these guys develop. I think this season we're going to get to see – a lot of players uh, show what they've got and really impress us. And uh, guys like Nelson and King and Loisaga, maybe Garcia. Um, and uh, there is one guy that's coming up that I talked about the other day. Dave was talking about to me today that's got called up uh, to believe it's a relief pitcher. Who's that, Dave? It is Brooks Kriske. Uh He is a 27-year-old right-hander. Um, he, uh, came up in 2020, uh, but Matt, man, you called this the other day when we were talking about, um, one of our last podcasts where we talked about the future of the Yankees and you brought him up as being a potential guy that's going to impact this Yankees this year. Good call, man. I'm, I'm super happy that you were able to make this call like this. Cause this is big <laughs> having any time that you have a player that you recognize in the minors that comes out and, um, you know, it has an opportunity to pitch or, or bat. 
it's big because you you get to see that hey maybe maybe I can call players that are the future yeah. of the MLB. <laughs> I like it, uh, and I like what we got going on tomorrow. We're gonna start. We're gonna have our first interleague games of the season, and we're playing Atlanta. Um, our friend Adam, the bas- uh, baseball expert that Dave has mentioned before, uh, he's a huge Braves fan, so uh, it'll be extra fun to be able to talk crap. Um, I don't know, based on how we're playing, it might not turn out so well for us. Uh, I'm hoping that today, uh, with the off day, our guys uh, sit and think about everything and uh, get their focus in. They know that Atlanta's a challenge. Uh, one of the best players in the league, uh, Acuna Jr. for the Braves, has been just tearing it up with ridiculous stats. I mentioned that the other day, but unfortunately, he's day-to-day right now. He has a, uh, I forget what it is, an MRI re- uh, revealed a sprain somewhere. So he's day-to-day, so we may or may not uh, have to face him in the series. I hope it's not too bad. Um I wouldn't mind if we could escape some of his damage against us and help us win some games, but uh, I hope he's fine and uh, he'll come back 100%. Yeah, man. Uh, Again, uh, Adam, you know, we recognize that you have to listen to our crap every day, but uh, we really hope the Yankees beat the shit out of Atlanta tomorrow. Um, Yes, we do. Put down that chop sign. Yo, come on. Um, all right, so pitching for Atlanta tomorrow is Charlie Morton. Uh, he is pitching, I would say, pretty decent, has 21 strikeouts. Uh, he's one for one uh, with a 4.76 ERA. Uh, but a lot of his mistakes came um, in his last outing. He gave up four runs in the third inning against the Marlins. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, he felt like his curveball was in good shape, um, like it has been all year. Uh, but obviously, you can't really say much about it if you can't complete uh six innings in the last two outings so uh charlie morton is struggling right now but he is a great pitcher uh he is a veteran and i would expect fully that he's going to come make and make a bounce back i just hope it's not this game so that the yankees have an opportunity to use their big bats on the mound for us tomorrow is um jameson tyon uh, he's had 10 strikeouts. He's only pitched in um, 8.1 innings. So that kind of gives you an idea of how many innings he's going to be in before they take him out. I do believe he, um, their goal is to make four innings or finish four innings every single game. Um, whether or not he's able to pitch in the fifth or not, um, that's completely up to the coaching staff. But I do expect him uh, to be able to pitch all the way through um, um, a game. When I say all the way through a game, at least into the seventh inning, uh, when we're when we're talking about um, late or mid-May, uh, so keep an eye on that as his pitch counts goes up, um, and I do think that this is going to be something that we'll see him for four innings, maybe come out in the fifth inning to get an out or two, um, but don't expect uh, Tyon to be in the game much longer than that tomorrow, unless he gets like retires like 14 or 16 straight batters, and then yeah, you could see him come back out um, for the full fifth inning to see what's happened, a- even the sixth inning if his pitch count's low. Uh, but the reality is, is that I think this is going to probably be a bullpen day uh, before um, inning six. And I think it's going to be one of those things that we will see a lot of our bullpen guys pitch against this great Atlanta team. And I hope it's the same way with us, because if Charlie Morton has some fire today or tomorrow, that's just going to make it more difficult for us. So I really hope that we can uh, have an easier day for our bats to kind of get things figured out. But again, this is Atlanta, and I know they're not going to lay down and, and ask for a belly scratch right now. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, Morton's really good. He was with the Rays uh, for a few years, had a few really good years there. So he's familiar with the Yankees. He's faced us a lot. Um, we do have new players, of course. Um, it's been a couple of years since he was there, but it'll be fun to see him again. Um, and then Tyon, uh, like you said, he's, he's striking people out. His ERA is not good, but he's got 10 strikeouts to one walk. I mean, if yeah, he can't sustain that through a season, but that's that's great. A 10 to 1 ratio, come on. So uh, this is kind of what Cashman was talking about, being patient and giving Tyon and Kluber some time. So this will be, I believe this will be Tyon's third start since he didn't start the first go around. Um, and then I think uh, we'll probably have Kluber after that. I'll have to check that. I think Kluber's lined up for after that, and that would be his fourth start. So about this time, this this week, next week's games, I really expect Tyon and Kluber both to show some improvement. Um, I feel like I'm hoping that they should be comfortable at by this point. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Tyon's got on the mound against uh, against the Braves team, whether he has to face Acuna or not. Absolutely, man. This will be this will be fun tomorrow. Again, uh, good luck, Matt. I hope uh, I hope your Braves fail tomorrow. Um, I hope we get the W because we need it way more than you guys right now. Um, I you know I know Adam and Brian are both Braves fans, and we always forget to mention Brian. Uh, but we only mention Adam is because Adam dwarfs uh, uh, really the rest of us friends' uh, minds as far as baseball goes. You could combine everything that we all know: uh, Brian, Mark, John. Uh, Matt and me combine it all together and it still would not um, equal to what Adam's knowledge of the game is so when we say Adam is literally the smartest guy we know when it comes to baseball uh, we're not we're not fucking around he is the smartest guy with baseball um, that I have ever met so the other day I, I asked him I said to him who won the um, MVP um, for the World Series in like I don't know like 19 like 8 or some 1908 or something like that and he's like well they did not have uh, an MVP for the World Series in 1908. They didn't bring it around till 19 whatever it was. And I was like, holy crap, man. How does people... I, I, seriously, Adam is brilliant. No doubt we'll have him on this show sometime because you guys all need to experience how incredibly, insanely smart he is when it comes to baseball. So thank you again for listening to the Yankee Death Star. It has been a pleasure to talk to you guys today, and we will be back tomorrow after the game to talk about what happened, what went down, and what went down well. Absolutely. We'll see you then.